Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to Wednesday. Almost said Tuesday. That's just kind of the week it's been already. Welcome to Wednesday, the middle of the week, hump day. Uh, already can see the downhill slide to Firearms Friday. Good morning and how are you this morning? Are you guys ready to rock and roll? You ready to do this and uh, and 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 just be just just ready to go, ready to go. Crystal clear and twenty eight degrees. That's what it looks like here uh, outside the studios at the old uh, radio ranch. Uh, how about uh, you guys? A little uh, cold and clear uh, in Fairbanks. Uh, they got some. They got some snow. They got the white stuff. Luckily, we. Uh, Luckily, we down here got our snow, and uh, then it melted yesterday because it was nice and warm, and supposed to be nice and warm today and tomorrow. So, I mean, as much as I know some of you have been praying for snow because you want to go snow machining or doing whatever it is, you people are sick and you just need help, okay? Because I would be just fine with no snow until Thanksgiving. And maybe just a little snow around Christmas, and then um, and then I'm fine. I mean, I'm I'm just fine. I'm fine. I'm just fine. I would be fine without snow. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, call me a wuss or a sissy or whatever you want, but I got to tell you, I'm uh, oh, just the summer was so darn fast this year, and it was just not the greatest summer, and I just wanted a little bit more. Just wanted a little bit more of the green and the and the you know even the fall. If they had, if it fall had just extended itself another three or four weeks, I would have been okay with that. But that's uh, that's the way it is. Uh, all right. Well, today on the program we're continuing our candidate interview. It's the candidate hustle. Uh, we're getting folks in involved and talking about different things, and uh, we're 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 ready to uh, continue to dive into it. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's program, John Cunningham is going to be joining us, and I hope, fingers crossed, David Nelson. On Friday, it will be Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion Chris Chang, and potentially somebody from the Second Amendment Foundation, plus Willie Waffle. But today, we're going to be talking with um, <clears throat> Elijah Verhagen, who is running for Senate, up in the West Fairbanks district. Uh, I mean, it's actually a pretty big district. It stretches all the way around Fairbanks, but it covers most of West Fairbanks. That is, uh, Click Bishop uh, uh, is currently the senator in that district. Elijah Verhagen is going to be joining us here uh, in about 10, 15 minutes or so. We'll be talking with him about his candidacy and what's going on in, in his neck of the woods. Uh, have yet to hear back from Click um, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, just so. 
there's that. Um, again, I have to chuckle. Uh, people like uh, Les Guerra, who we probably couldn't disagree with more, have uh, been welcomed on the program and had a good, uh, what I thought was a good, uh, comprehensive, fair interview. But a lot of the uh, business as usual Republicans just don't seem to want to come on the show and uh, and talk with us, which I find ironic. Um you know, you can get you can get the diet in the wool Democrats on the program, but you can't get the business as usual big government Republicans on because they're scurred. They're scurred. That's that's all. That's the only thing. Politicians fear the beard. That's all I can say. That's all I can. That's all I can think of right now. That must be where they're at. They just they just can't they just can't face it. Uh, anyway, Elijah Verhagen's going to be joining us. And uh, we'll be talking with uh, him in hour one. In hour two, we're going to be talking with Kelly Nash. Kelly is running for state house in the interior. Uh, that is the seat <clears throat> that is in the uh, city of Fairbanks and uh, part of the West District there. Currently held by um, uh, Bart LeBon. I, just, I could see his face, but I couldn't. I couldn't think of the name. Bart LeBon is going to be uh, is uh, is the current uh, holder of that seat. Kelly is running against him, and we're going to uh, have an interview with her as well and talk about those things. She is the conservative candidate in that district, so it ought to be fun. Now, some headlines, some interesting headlines. Uh, we're going to dive into this and um, and take a look at some of the things that have come out because the candidates kind of done come out of the woodwork. Now, here we are. We are four. We're four weeks away um, from where's my calendar here? Uh, let me see. Today is the 12th. That means we have one, two, three more Tuesdays before Election Day. So we are officially um, <clears throat> under four weeks away uh, from the general election, and things are just going to get worse from here. Now, I want to make a comment first and foremost. Um, my wife and I were just sitting around talking last night, and I, we decided we didn't, you know, normally we'll sit down and watch, uh, you know, take a time after after everything's done and dinners, we're eating dinner or whatever. We'll take we'll 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 watch our you know watch a show watch a favorite show or something that we're interested in just to spend a little time together, and last night I just said you know can we just <clears throat> can can I just surf some YouTube stuff some different things that are interesting me because uh, I don't know I wasn't feeling it last night I didn't want to watch uh, whatever we were watching House of the Dragon or whatever it was, and and <clears throat> my wife being the perfect wife that she is said absolutely whatever you want, so I was surfing through the internet last night, uh, or YouTube, uh, watching, I don't know, some various videos on different things. And, um, I swear to gosh, in, in a 10 minute window, um, uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe 15 minute window, I saw at least five anti Kelly Chewbacca ads. And two Mary Peltola ads. It was like every time I would switch to what I mean, it was it was just astonishing. And they are getting so nasty. Uh, I mean, just out and outright. Now they've got an ad that combines both the fact that she 
charged us for moving fees and she tried to supplant the federal government and we've got the receipts and we've got the records and we can prove it. And, oh, I mean, it's it's just and especially just after having talked with Kelly Shibaka on Monday and understanding kind of the underhandedness of this, the more I thought about it, the more I, I just am just astonished. Again, here's what we have. We have business as usual Republicans in Washington, D.C., Mitch McConnell and company, the people who never saw a federal dollar that they didn't want to spend. And they are taking money. This is what should make you angry. And this, quite honestly, is what should make. And I'm not one to normally call for you to be angry, but you should be angry about this. Mitch McConnell and his Senate leadership fund is going out there soliciting donations from Republicans nationwide. They're taking money from conservative Republican party members. They're soliciting that money, and then they are taking that war chest, and uh, the some estimates are putting it upwards of, uh, I don't think they've counted the final numbers, but it's over $6 million, I believe, that the Senate Leadership Fund is spending in the state of Alaska. $6 million. So they're taking money from, cons- from conservatives and Republicans and everything else outside, and they're taking that money and they're using it to attack the Republican endorsed candidate in the state of Alaska. Kelly Shibaka is endorsed by the state Republican party. Lisa Murkowski is censured by the state Republican party and was asked to run on another ticket. But Mitch McConnell and company is taking money from Republicans outside Republicans who I'm sure were told that we will use this to bolster up the Senate and make sure that we get conservative Republican candidates in here and everything else. And he is using it to not just attack, but to viciously attack and 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 just absolutely scorched earth attack Kelly Shabaka. And it is... You know, if you if you are a member of the Republican Party, which, thank you, Lord, I am not. But if you are, you should be outraged. And you, in fact, should be shouting to the rooftops, to every one of your leaders, to the National Party, to the, you know, to the headquarters of the Senate Leadership Fund PAC, to everybody else, that they should be ashamed of themselves for taking Republican money and using it to attack the Republican candidate in a state. I mean, by the time I saw the sixth ad, I was just, I was, I was livid. I was like, I turned it off. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Done for the day. And, and, and that's it. No, I guess my second question is, um, Here's my second question, and and I wanted I should have asked Kelly this, but I didn't. You know, first, where's Kelly's? Where's your ads back? First of all, where's all the house ads? I saw Mary Peltola ad twice. Not a single ad for Sarah Palin. Not a single ad for Mark Baggage or for Nick Baggage. Not a single ad for Chris By. Where's everybody else's money? I mean, the only people that have money 
are the Senate Leadership Fund, Lisa Murkowski, and Mary Paltola? Where's the rest? Where is the rest of the candidates? I mean, this is insane. I, I was so agitated. So agitated by here is taking this money and just blasting the legitimate party endorsed candidate. And nobody, well, it's, you know, nobody's saying anything. It's insane. Um, the other story. I don't have time. I shouldn't have got it on that. I knew I shouldn't have got on that because I'm I'm agitated by it. But um, there was a uh, the, the the gubernatorial candidates all got in the same room together, and uh, on Tuesday they sat at the gubernatorial forum for the Alaska Resource Development Council, and uh, there was a lot of things that were said and uh, things talked about the Constitutional Convention. The uh, the permanent fund dividend. This is a this is a, a good uh, this is a good discussion. Uh, so we'll be talking about this later on in the program today. But there is some good stuff. We may if we don't get a second guest tomorrow, we may sit down and talk about these two topics for the entire hour because this is important. But uh, as I look at it, I realize that. Uh, I realize that I am up against the break right now. So uh, we're going to have to uh, take that break. And when we come back, Elijah Verhagen will be joining us. And we'll be talking with him here uh, this morning in uh, in just uh, in just a bit. All right. So in just a just a hot few minutes. So don't uh, don't don't uh, don't don't go away. OK, don't uh, don't go away. I need some theme music. There we go. Segway music, bumper music, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Well, that does it for this segment. More to come. Don't forget, you can always join us uh, as with the rest of the crowd. We got 50, 60 people out here between Facebook and YouTube and Twitch watching the program. Feel free to come on out and join us on any of those platforms. And you'll be part of the chat room. And I would love to come out and hang out with you. You can go to Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. That's the easiest way to do it. You can drop me an email, me at MichaelDukeShow.com, M-E at MichaelDukeShow.com. And, of course, uh, you can just listen on your radio. That's the easiest way. And it's free. What more could you ask for? Back with more. Elijah Verhig and our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thing and radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. (sighs) 
I shouldn't have got into that because now I'm super freaking agitated. But I was so mad last night. I mean, every it's like every time, and you can't skip them because they're only like 15 seconds long. But everyone, you know, they always, they always, uh, you know, th- this is what I love about this because to me it's so obvious. Working in advertising and everything else, but it's so obvious. They'll always get some, you know, some video of Kelly Chewbacca talking, and at some point they'll just be like, her face will be like. And they'll they'll pause. That's where they lock it, right? You know, she's talking. Well, you know, I had the, and she just looks like some kind of monster. Although my wife said, you know, no matter how hard they try to make her look, she's still beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. You know, even when she's grimacing or whatever, you know. But it's it's just, oh man. I just I can't imagine the hate that has to come from people who can put that kind of stuff together. The absolute ha- I mean when you know that what you're putting out there is a lie, what kind of what kind of person can can do that? What kind of person can do that and be like, "Oh yeah, well let's just put this lie out here and and if we repeat it enough, people will believe it." It's it's just astonishing. I mean, I I just and you know I know Kelly talked about having her lawyers on this uh, earlier this week. You know, you best get on that stick right now because the heat is being turned. Up. I think they know it's coming. I think the the Senate Leadership Fund and Mitch McConnell. I think they know it's coming, and so they just have turned the heat up. They know the cease and desists are coming. And so at this point, they're like, what do we got to lose? Let's just, you know, we'll just let it all hang out. Anyway. Um, I'm going back here to see what uh, what's going on. What, what else you guys are talking about? Grier Hopkins put out a mailer that says a PFD you can count on. Okay. Okay, Grier. Good job, Grier. Uh, Walker thinks the con-con is a bad idea and that Dunleavy will use it to limit a woman's right to choose. Yeah, no. I mean, that's, that's, I saw that and he's trying to stake out some ground there. Uh, he's trying to differentiate himself. He's trying to, to do whatever. Bill Walker's, he's a dud. He's done. He's not, uh, you know, I don't think he has a chance in hell, quite honestly. Um, if you see his plan, even the ADN says that, uh, you know, that when they're talking about the PFD plans, you now where do the candidates stand on the PFD, you know, Charlie Pierce, this is the bullet, this is the headings of each candidate, Charlie Pierce, traditional formula, Dunleavy, 50, 50 formula, Les Guerra, tax funded approach, Bill Walker, ambiguous approach. We should call him captain ambiguous. Because that's pretty much what he is right now. <laughs> whatever you say, whatever you say, that's what I'll be. Captain Ambiguous. I am Captain Ambiguous. I will be whatever you want me to be. Whatever sounds good, that's what I will be. Captain Ambiguous. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. <clears throat> Not a... Not a not a good day. All right, I see Elijah Verhagen is in the green room, but got no video or audio yet. So we're he's working his way up to it right now. 
uh, but we only got about uh, we got about 60 seconds here before we need to jump into this. So Elijah, if you're listening, hurry up. We're about to we're about to get things rolling. Um, all right. Had to wonder what the quid pro quo was for McConnell to put out those as when what did Lisa support something he wanted, says Kevin. I think she he's just, you know, but here's the thing. She's not even a consistent vote for the Republicans. That's what I don't understand. Why are you trying to save her when she's not even a consistent vote for the Republicans? All right. Uh, we got to go. Uh, we're going to jump back into it. Hopefully Elijah's stuff is all working here in just a minute. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's do this. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show continues. Elijah Verhagen um, is uh, uh, trying to log in here. Uh, and I'll put you on. I can't type and talk at the same time. You guys have discovered this. You know me. You know I can't type and talk at the same time. And uh, we'll... We'll we'll make this we'll make this happen here. Uh, Elijah Verhagen, our guest, uh, he joins us uh, this morning. Can you hear us, sir? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I just can't see you. So. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you can hear me, I, I my alarm didn't go off as early as I thought. So uh, I'll just skip skip the camera if that's okay you'll, you'll skip the camera okay so i, I just got to build something for you here while we're talking to make sure people know who we're talking about <coughs> wow so let I'll, me uh, send you Swallowed my own spit this morning. All right, so uh, Elijah Verhagen, our guest, um, and he is uh, joining us this morning to talk about his candidacy up there in the Fairbanks area, running for state senate um, in whichever district it is now. I've already forgotten, but he'll tell us for sure. So how are things going, my friend? What's happening with you? Yeah, good morning, Michael. Yeah, I'm running for District R. So, um, yeah, it's going good. It's uh, it's been busy as all get out, man. I've been all over the place. Um, I'm I've done a few more trips to the far areas of my district. I was out in Glen Allen uh, last last Friday. Um, I had a really good meet and greet out there. Then I came back to Delta. Went out to one of the little farming communities. Was uh, a little farming community called Whitestone. They invited me out there brought out about 20 people that was really fantastic and uh and then i've been working like crazy to um get ready for a bunch of mass mailers and um radio ads and a bunch of other stuff so yeah things are going good and uh it's interesting since we last talked i know that again you were working on on reaching out because your district is pretty big tell tell people where the boundaries of your district are how big it is and what we're talking about 
So it's the biggest in the state and the biggest in the U.S. <laughs> I feel like I'm running for a statewide office. It's kind of crazy. But um, but yeah, so uh, there's a Fairbanks district, and that includes um, University West, Chena Pump, Chena Ridge, Goldstream, uh, Airport, Geist, and a little bit of College Road. And then there's my rural district, and that is the huge one. And that is, uh, I'm from Inanna, and then it has a bunch of the other villages. Um, you go west all the way to Galena and the Koyukuk area out there, and then you can go all the way up north to Arctic Village, past Fort Yukon, and then you go west, uh, east all the way to the Canadian border, um, past Toke, past, you know, um, McCarthy, Kennecott. You know, it's it's just a humongous district. And so... Um, yeah, and, and a lot of it is, is inaccessible by car. And so I've had to fly out to several of the, uh, villages and, uh, and yeah, so it's just, it's huge. It's uh, been going good. It's been going, it's been going well. Elijah Verhagen, our guest, uh, candidate for Senate district R. Um, Elijah, you know, we, we saw what happened during the, uh, primary election. Of course, this was the jungle primary and we got ranked choice voting and everything else. And people were a little disappointed because I think a lot of, you know, your opponent has been censured by the, by the party. Uh, there's been a lot of pushback on, on things you got endorsed by the party early on. Uh, so you kind of had a leg up there, but yet the turnout seemed to be a little weird. Have you been talking to people? This is what I want to know. Have you been talking to people and meeting with constituents who are like, yeah, I didn't bother to vote in the primary because what did it matter? Or they just didn't know or people who didn't haven't voted before but are planning on voting in November. I'm trying to get a feel for what the difference in the voter turnout is going to be for the general election. Yeah, absolutely. And I've run into a lot of people that said I didn't vote. Um, and they were like, you know, this this coming election, that's the one that really matters. So don't worry, I'll vote in that. But I just I didn't make it out the other, you know, to the last one. And, and so I've run into uh, dozens of people that have said similar things. And um, a lot of people are ordering absentees, too. Um, and I've sent out absentee chaser uh, uh, flyers so people have uh, my information. Um, but, yeah. So there's been a lot of that to people that didn't vote uh, in the primary. Now, I looked up uh, to try my best to compare apples to apples. I looked up the 2018 um, uh, voter turnout for the primary and then the general and then also the 2014. Now, those were both non-presidential years. Um, and the, I looked up both of the districts. Now, redistricting has changed our districts a little bit. So we don't have a complete accurate um comparison however this is the closest we got so i looked up both district uh, 35 and 36 their results from the 2018 election and the 2014 election and we in this primary we had about a when it, all the dust settled it was about a 35 percent voter turnout and 2018 and 2014 the primary turnouts were around some of them were as low as 18% voter turnout. So not huge in the, in those primaries. However, those general elections were both around 50% voter turnout. So I'm really hoping with the strong showing we had in the primary of 36% that we'll be over 50% um, in the general 
for the voter turnout in my district, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully thousands more people will be showing up that did not vote in the primary. And I know, again, there's been some dissatisfaction there. You and I talked last time we talked, we talked about you're going to places in the district that many people haven't seen their senator for ever. I mean, like, you know, they haven't they haven't seen they haven't seen a representative from state government from their elected officials in it like, you know, years. And you're out there. Is there I mean, is there a dissatisfaction uh, with the with the job that's being done? Is there a, a, a taste for new blood, so to speak? Absolutely. So um, my Glen Allen meet and greet I just had last Friday, um, we had a pretty good turnout there. And when when everyone was there in the room after we were all done talking. Some of the people started, you know, uh, chiming in and they I asked them, I said, has has uh, my opponent been out here? Has Bishop been out here? And they said, oh, yeah, I think he's been out here a few times. We've heard. However, he never does what you do. He never invites the public to a meet and greet to listen to us. And they said, we can't ever get a hold of him. So he'll come into town. He'll meet with a few people. And then he'll leave. He won't, you know, publicize that he's coming, give us any time to to come and meet with him. And uh, and so they are very frustrated. They feel very, very ignored. And uh, and then, yes, before this campaign season, some of them said, oh, yeah, it's been six years, you know, since he's been out to our areas. So uh, at least that they know of, you know. And so, yeah, they <laughs> it was a pretty riled up group. Um you know, in Glen Allen that were very frustrated. Now in Delta, Delta's the biggest area of my rural house district. And uh, it's about 4,000, 4,500 people. And yet no meet and greets out there. You know, uh, I found out last week that my opponent doesn't even have a campaign website. And I'm like, wow, okay. When you have as much money as he raised, he's raised and you don't even care to create a campaign website. What does that show the the voters except for complete apathy and that you don't really care to give them any kind of information on your campaign, right? Uh, for them to make an informed vote, um, that you just want to win by giving them, you know, berry buckets and pumpkins. You know, that's what he's been doing is going around <laughs> giving out this free stuff um, instead of doing meet and greets, listening to people, giving them an opportunity to get on a website and see where he stands. And I think it's because he doesn't really want people to know where he stands on a lot of these important issues. Well, let's talk about these important issues uh, to, to, uh, to begin with. Uh, first and foremost, I've asked you this before, but in talking to your constituency, how important is the PFD on their list of priorities when you talk to them? Is that the first thing they talk about? Uh, the second thing, is it in the top three? And if not, the PFD being number one, what is the number one thing that your constituents are talking to you about when you're going door to door? Well, it's it's tough, again, because this district is so huge and therefore it's very different, the answers, it, it, rural versus non-rural, okay? So rural, I would say the number one issue is right now is probably the concern for energy prices and heating fuel coming up, you know, especially into winter. That is probably the number one, but closely followed, I would say, would be the PFD. And remember, and I keep telling people, yeah, this year was good for the PFD, even though it still wasn't a full PFD and, you know, they had to sneak in a, a $650 uh, handout instead of just giving the people their full PFD because it's against some of their principles, like click bishops, to give the people a full PFD. But um, 
but remember last year, you know, the PFD was barely over a thousand, you know, the year before that, I believe it was just barely over a thousand. So that's not normal for us to get a $3,000 PFD. I feel like a lot of that is because the people are sick and tired of the theft that's gone on. And therefore a lot of the legislators that are against a, a full or a close to full PFD decided because of the election, oh, we better let this go through, you know, because it's this election coming up. But remember that normal has been a $1,000 PFD, and that shouldn't be normal because that's not even close to the statutory formula that has been avoided because of the conflicting SB 26, which Senator Bishop and many others voted for. So they created a conflicting statute instead of changing or replacing the current one because they didn't want to have to deal with the hard work of changing the PFD formula. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, and that's the thing. It seems like every opportunity <clears throat> that's been waged and given them to to fix this, to come back to it, to either change the formula or follow the f- follow the damn law, hashtag follow the damn law, uh, they have decided to uh, just ignore that and continue to bat this ball back and forth or this, you know, this volleyball back and forth across the net. It's like they almost, they like the crisis that it creates because it allows them to put that pressure on the budget and do what they need to do, take it to the last minute and use time compression as a weapon in the end of the budget so they can get basically what they want. I think at this point, I'm convinced that it is really part of the strategy is to keep the PFD in limbo because it gives them the power to, again, leverage it against everything else. Absolutely. Uh, So I did a a talk on the budget games in Juno. And that's absolutely why I support ending per diem in 90 days. If the operating budget is not passed, I would love to see a bill and and I can introduce one. I can push it. Now, having the very same people vote on that that would benefit from the per diem, I don't know if it'll ever pass, but I would love and want to put a bill out that says after 90 days, if we don't pass the operating budget, boom, turn off the per diem for legislators in Juneau, period. And that would light a fire under leadership and others and hopefully stop a lot of those waiting games on, okay, how long can we wait into June, July sometimes before we hand the budget over to the governor because they don't want him to have enough time to strike down you know, some of their uh, proposals and call them back to give a, a full PFD or a, a higher PFD. And so they play this game where they just hold out and it doesn't hurt them anything because they're getting a lot of, you know, about $300 a day in per diem. And so I, you know, a lot of people don't know about that. And so I did a video and had, you know, hundreds and maybe even a thousand views on that one by now. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a game. And so that's something that I think would really make a, a change to get the budget past and end some of these waiting games is if we ended per diem after 90 days of session in Juneau. Uh, and I, I want to talk about term limits, too. Uh, Elijah Verhagen is our guest, candidate for state Senate in District R, uh, which is up in the interior uh, and a big, again, he said it's the largest district in the state. Verhagenforsenate.com is his website. If you'd like to go over there and uh, take a look at some of his issues and uh, get some information, we're going to continue with Elijah here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can join us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. 
Here we go. We'll be back with more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, we're in the break with Elijah Verhagen um, as our guest. Um, Click Bishop has been in the legislature for, uh, what, over 10 years now, just going on 10 years. And so, uh, you know, the and you talk about per diem and you talk about, I mean, what about the idea of term limits? I mean, the the the, the founders of the country and of the state and the, and the uh, framers of the state constitution all expected us to be citizen legislators. And instead, it's become a profession. I mean, we've got, you know, there's a there's a handful of legislators. We, I think five or six legislators combined have over a hundred years in the legislature uh, already, uh, with Stevens and and Bishop and Stedman and and Edgemond and you know those especially that are running in the power structure of the legislature on both sides. Uh, they've been there for just for gobs of time, and the question is, should we be talking about a uh, term limit for state legislators? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's that's a very common topic in my Fairbanks area. So, I mean, the, the rural area, too. But um, I've been hammering on term limits for a lot for months. And when you look at the polls, uh, on average, 82 percent of Americans support term limits. Now, again, trying to pass term limits with legislators that don't want term limits is, you know, is the hard thing. However, I, I do plan on introducing a bill, and, and I have this on my flyers and a lot of other things. I would love to introduce a bill that says eight years. That's two terms as a state senator, um, four terms as a state representative. If you cannot get what you want done in eight years, it's time to pass on the torch and not become a career politician. So, you know, my opponent, Click Bishop's already been in there for 10 years. Before that, he was commissioner of labor for six years. So, and he brags about that. And I'm like, man, you know, that's 16 years in government. You should have retired from government or, or gotten back into the, the, the real world or the private sector by now. And uh, and he has not. And, and you're right. People, others, Gary Stevens, you know, uh, Senator Olson, uh, Stedman, all, you know, Edgman, you combine all these, you know, and it's 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 hundred over a hundred years easily, and so that's something that I want to, I absolutely want to push, and uh, and I would put in there that after eight years, mandatory sitting out for a full term. Now, if four years later you want to rerun, and you got elected somehow, you know, four years later, after running eight years for eight years earlier. You were probably doing something right, according to your constituents, for eight years if a whole four years later you can get reelected. So, you know, having that little tiny uh, exclusion in there, I think, is OK. However, it would eliminate, I'd say, 85, 90 percent of the career politicians that stay in there forever. Right. Now, the longer I had worked in Juno on and off um, for seven sessions as a staffer, um, I noticed this common theme, which is very evident with my opponent, I feel like is the longer someone is in office, the more and more they vote the way their funding is coming and less and less the way the people of their district want. And they get out of touch with their with their constituents. And so just yesterday I put out uh, 
a a review uh, or a brief review of my APOC report and of donations and Senator Bishop's a comparison. I went through out of 50 donors in the last you know uh, reporting period. Out of 50 donors, only one of Click Bishop's donors resides in our district in District R. Only one out of 50. You looked at wow. mine. Wow. And and 52 donors out of 90 lived in my district. So what's that percentage? It's 57% of my donors were constituents and 2% or one out of 50 was a constituent of his. And then you look at where, you know, the average funding of mine was, you know, friends if they didn't live in the district or supporters in the district. Whereas his, it's pack this, another pack that, you know, uh, NEA president this or, you know, union uh, CEO of this, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not the average common folk. It's, you know, the people at the top donating big money to a, a big government candidate. Yeah. And so that's very alarming to a lot of people that, you know, finally hear that and see that information. And so, again, that's all on APOC. It's available for people to see. I just put a comparison out on my campaign page. You know, fifty-seven percent compared to two percent. Um, it's it's very alarming. Yeah, no, it's uh, that is that is shocking uh, when you look at it and you realize again the fact that the hubris of not even creating a website to talk about your issues to me is because it's I don't think it's uh, you know I don't think you could say since he's been running for office uh, you know uh, for the last ten years I don't think he could say it's because of an experience it's because you just don't care. Uh, I think it's just you feel like it's in the bag and why bother kind of thing. And that that kind of uh, attention irritates me. Just a side note. Somebody just said that Lyman Hoffman is the uh, is the is the like the 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 king of of uh, 46 years or something. Yeah. Lyman Hoffman has been in the state legislature since 1986. Think about that. That's oh the gosh. that's the year before wow. I graduated from high school. Okay, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, it's uh, shocking. Here we go. Yeah. All right, we're continuing now with Elijah Verhagen. Uh, this was the bombshell I just dropped before we came back because we talked a little bit about term limits uh, in the uh, in the break, uh, and I was saying that you know just a handful of candidates in there. If you got a handful of legislators, most of them who are in the leadership functions, you'd have well over a hundred years of people serving in the legislature. Somebody in the chat room pointed out that Lyman Hoffman apparently is the champion when it comes down to that. Lyman Hoffman has been in the legislature as either a representative or a senator since 1986, which is the year before I grad I graduated. I'm 53 years old. The year before I graduated from high school, he's been in the legislature. That's not what we're supposed to have, Elijah. We, we should. I mean, these are supposed to be citizen legislators. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's just absurd, you know? And, and so that's another thing. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, I'd love to cut per diem after 90 days. Not not cut it. I'd like to end per diem in Juno after 90 days um, if, if they're there because of the legislature, not a journey. If they get called back into special session by the governor, then that's, you know, that's another 
thing. But if they are still there, which is most of the time, you know, they'll, they'll go to 120 days. They'll go past that, you know, just holding on to the budget because they don't want to give it to the, the governor. Um, you know, ending that, I think, would really light a fire under them. But, yeah, it's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be a career. And uh, the base salary is only 50000 something. And, and, and so that's not a ton. But then they almost get about another depending on how long they're down there, they'll get about another thirty to $40,000, you know, in right. those couple months per because of per diem. And that's crazy. And the average person doesn't know about that, you know, and um, there was a, there was a initiative about uh, four, four, maybe five years ago that people were signing. I signed it. Many others signed it enough signatures. It was going to get it on the statewide ballot. And then the legislature, drafted a bill one of the one of the anchorage house reps and i'm trying to oh, jason gren and he wrote this bill and was like oh yeah i want to cut our per diem don't worry we'll cut it ourselves and if there's a bill that's similar enough to a, a petition then the petition goes away and the legislature takes over that ish that topic and so the legislature stood up and they were like oh yeah we'll cut our own per diem yeah, yeah. and then as soon as some of the attention died down from that that initiative that was signed and they took over the vehicle they killed it. They never passed it. They just, they put it aside because they didn't really want to cut their own per diem, you know, Right. but they took it over for show. They That got it off the statewide ballot and then they killed it. That was wrong. <laughs> and the people do support, you know, uh, cutting or ending, you know, per diem after the 90 days if the budget's not passed. So uh, that's, that's just crazy. What but that's if, just another game. How do you answer back to people who say, because we've got a couple legislators in the chat room who are saying, you know, hey, this that makes it a rich person's game because then the only people who could stay in Juno are the rich, the retired, the people who've already got money, the people who live in Juno. That's what you – if you want a minority of legislators to stay, that's how you get it uh, because they'll stay there if they can afford to. And many of these people who are in those positions, they can afford to stay there uh, whether they get per diem or not, and they will continue to roll the ball down the hill. And only the citizen legislators who can't afford to be away from their job without pay are the ones that will suffer. Yeah, well, um, my answer to that is I was a staff on and off, for, like I said, for seven legislative sessions. And all except for the last one where I think they maybe started paying us $50 a day in per diem, if that, um, staffers didn't ever get per diem. And yet we had to relocate down there. And I relocated down there every time I'd put my other job on hold and I'd go relocate down there. And yeah, it was a little bit expensive for sure. Um, however, I'm not saying ended altogether. I'm saying ended after 90 days. Right. And so as, as staffers, we survived all, all the way until recently without per diem and still don't have the per diem legislators right. have. And so I feel like that's kind of an excuse. Well, um, and I feel like the charter, so, of, I think the charter of changers could full in here, could, could, you know, fill in here really well. We just need to move the legislative session. We need to move the venue ab- onto the road system. I agree with that yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, and I would say, yeah. Let's talk a little bit here about education. We can already see what the, what the, what the, uh, the, uh, the messaging is uh, coming out of the business as usual, the, the pro government people 
people, the anti-private sector people, be they Republicans or Democrats, we can already see that the messaging coming out is all about education. Oh, we're just underfunding education. That's the problem. We're just not, we haven't raised the base student allocation. These kids haven't been getting any money. They haven't been doing it. We we need to fully fund it. Education, of course, the second largest budget, uh, budget item uh, in the state budget. Uh, and they're out there already saying, well, we need to do that. And we need to give them defined benefits, the teachers, because that's the only way we're going to retain them. What say you to all this? So I've been, I have several siblings that are certified teachers. I have a lot of friends, you know, that are teachers and uh, I, I love our teachers. I support our teachers. Um, I have been again, all over this really massive district and I've talked with three different superintendents. Uh, I I have a a decent amount in my district alone of superintendents. Um, And yes, more more money is always nice and would be nice. However, uh, talking with several of them, superintendents, they realize, you know, that more money is not always the answer. And that, yes, more money would be nice, but there's other things we can do. So teacher retention, especially in the rural areas, is huge. I was up in Fort Yukon recently and I looked at some of the teacher housing. I am a builder. I do construction. Uh, I, I don't blame anyone who did not want, you know, to live in some of that teacher housing up there. It was, it was in very rough shape. Um, I, I, I feel for, you know, the people that want to, they, they're passionate about kids and therefore they want to be teachers and, and go help out these kids in the rural areas, especially, but then, you know, our dark cold winters in very subpar housing, that's not well insulated, dingy, you know, all these other things. I don't blame them. And therefore I see the need to help uh, with teacher retention in as any ways we can. However, Instead of uh, continual growing government kind of things that then, you know, we every year have to, have to pay, I am definitely going to be looking into one-time uh, capital budget funding or funding that we can uh, get better student housing in some of these areas. Because if we can get some uh, secured funding to build, you know, some new apartments or, or, or housing out in some of these areas that are very, very lacking then we won't have as high of a teacher retention problem out there. Now, those superintendents are doing what they can to improvise. They're getting a lot of paraeducators from the local communities involved that are going to stick around that aren't, you know, they're locals. So they're, they can develop a good relationship with the kids and not just leave because it's too hard or too cold. Uh, Oftentimes a lot of these people are coming up from the lower 48 and they get hired and they're like, yay. And they, they go out and then they're like, wow, this is not what I signed up for. Um, And then that really hurts the the students um, and their morale and everything else. And so it's absolutely a problem. um, And we need to be doing what we can to, to fund education. But at the same time, um, the answer is not always just more money, more money, more money. Now, right now, the answer is how on earth do we combat federal government's overspending and their inflation that they're racking up and, and imposing on the rest of us? You know, that is it's 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 insane. Um, and so that's, you know, and I don't have all the answers, um, but but yeah, we we do need to be doing what we can to not be adding to the inflation problem ourselves. And uh, it's killing us. Uh, That's why, like I said, 
heating and energy costs are one of the biggest topics. Hugely important. We're less than two minutes here. I know you've got a meet and greet coming up on Saturday, so I want to give you a chance to talk about that. Your final elevator pitch and how do folks find out about you? Absolutely. Thank you. So, yeah, um, this this Saturday, uh, 6 to 8, at uh, the home of Ralph and Connie Seekins, owners of Seekins Ford there in Fairbanks, they are hosting a meet and greet for me. I'm thrilled about that. Um, to get there, they said the address doesn't come up well on Google uh, Maps, but you go down Chena Small Tracks Road, and everyone in Fairbanks kind of knows where that is. So punch in Chena Small Tracks Road. You go right down that road and you take a right on a private drive where my Verhagen sign is. So very easy. You, Chena Small Tracks Road is, is about a mile max. So anyways, you go right down Chena Small Tracks Road and on the right towards the end, you'll see my sign. Take that private drive. So that's again Saturday 6 to 8 p.m. Um, I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, verhagenforsenate.com is my website. Uh, if you can donate anything, that'd be fantastic doing what I can in this final push to get more uh, air radio time and uh, and get a bunch of thousands of my mailers out and my message. And I'm really uh, looking forward, win or lose, but I, I do think that uh, win is in the sights now. And I'm really excited for November 8th. So just make sure to All right. tell your friends, get out and vote. Elijah Verhagen, our guest. We're out of time. Hour two dead ahead, The Michael Duke Show. All right, Elijah, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's good to see Ralph Seekins. I mean, of course, former Senator Ralph Seekins uh, uh, supporting you. And you've got the, again, the endorsement of the local party and everything else. Um, your, your opponent's been censured by the party. I mean, I just think at this point, th- this is the arrogance, uh, like I said before, when people are just like, I don't need to do a website. I don't need to do anything because I got this in the bag. Uh, and again, go out to those APOC reports and take a look at who's supporting whom and take a look at the names and look at the organizations. Uh, I'm sure you didn't get a whole lot of uh, state union money. I'm sure you didn't get a whole lot of state employee union money. I'm sure that that was, uh, that's probably not uh, padding out your resume so to speak absolutely not yeah <laughs> i uh, i got i got a little bit of money from the republicans uh and i'm thrilled about that but almost all of my money is coming from individual constituents or friends you know statewide and no none of the packs and definitely none of the unions even even though i have brothers in the unions and i'm not against unions at all i have a lot of support from union workers it's the union bosses that use look at every union hall packed with democrat signs yeah, Democrat signs and Click Bishop and Lisa signs. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and Gary Stevens signs. That's uh, kind of how it works around uh, around there, uh, across no. the state of Alaska. Um, okay, uh, anything that we didn't hit, Elijah, that we want to? I got about two minutes here, uh, so anything that we didn't get to, any hot button sure. issue that's just been burning you up that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about? Well, you know, um, I am now uh, a solid yes vote on the constitutional convention and um i like i said i was i was a little bit worried but i was doing my research and the fact that we have the, the final check and balance right whatever comes out of that constitutional convention which there will be a lot of heated arguments in there for sure and i don't think a ton will make it out but whatever does make it out we have that final check where it goes on the ballot statewide for everyone to have a voice again one more time. So say say they try to change the definition of marriage between one man and one woman. Say that magically that made it out of the convention, which I doubt it would. But if it did, and that went on a statewide ballot, 
I believe that the majority of us would say, no, we want to keep marriage between one man and one woman in our constitution. You know, so things like that, I think it gives us one more check and a balance. And therefore, I'm for the Constitutional Convention. It's a way to get things done, potentially, that we can't get done with the legislature, as we've seen and we've tried. So I'm a yes vote on the Constitutional Convention. I, you know, and I think that that's important as we've seen. I didn't get to the story this morning, but I was going to talk a little bit about it. They have raised $2.8 million for the uh, anti concon people, uh, but the vast majority of it, something like 90% of it, 95% of it, is coming from outside groups, from big, you know, the 1630 Fund and the NEA and the IBEW and, you know, various chambers and all these other things where they're, they're, they're supporting it, funding money and everything else. And the, you know, this again very much reminds me of the setup of the 1999 fight over the PFD where they were outspent 10 to 1. Um, and yet the people of the state of Alaska still voted 83% in favor of protecting the PFD. Uh, and so it kind of reminds me of that fight. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, that's something that I've been telling my voters now. You know, it's I feel like the yes campaign is unfortunately way outfunded and kind of later in the game now. There are ads for it now, luckily. But um, I really do hope it passes and I'm voting yes. Um and I'd urge people to look into it and remember that there is that extra check and balance. But at the same time, yeah, it's a way to get stuff important to us in that we have seen we cannot get through the legislature. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Elijah Verhagen, uh, candidate for Senate uh, District R, uh, Verhagen for Senate.com. Any final thoughts uh, here before I let you go? Uh, I have a bunch of exciting stuff that's uh, right about to come out, but I just I, yeah, because of everyone who's listening and, you know, I don't want this info to get back to my opponent, but it, there's going to be a lot of good, fun stuff coming out for my campaign very soon. And this is record stuff. This is not smear stuff. This is voting record stuff. So anyways, I'm excited for that and uh, be on the lookout. So. All right. Elijah Verhagen, thank you so much for coming on board, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, Elijah Verhagen, uh, a candidate for Senate uh, District R. Uh, looks like Kelly Nash is in the chat room, um, and uh, we're going to be talking with her here in just a hot second. Uh, we're going to see how that – are you with us, Kelly? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't, uh, why don't you – um, why don't I, why don't I call you on the phone instead of this? Cause I'm still the, your microphone's pretty sensitive for the video side of it, um, with the car and all that stuff. So let me call you or on the phone and we'll see if we can get you uh, hooked up over there. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll call you. I'll call you here in just a hot second here. Uh, and we will get Kelly, uh, squared away on this right now. See if we can get, um, her, there we go kick that to the curb uh we'll go over here are you with us kelly i'm here okay good that sounds a little bit better um all right kelly nash is our guest uh we're getting ready to jump into this uh are you all hot to trot you've been listening all morning i've seen your comments in the chat room are you as fired up as i am oh i am so fired up i've been fired up and you've been fired up okay good oh yeah all right, we'll hold the line with us uh, here. We're uh, coming up into it here in just a second, so I'm going to put you back on hold, and we're going to be back. Kelly Nash is going to be our guest here next. Um, I'm just looking through here um, uh, see and, and see what folks have been saying. Um, uh, I'm pro-con-con. Con. Alaska keeps getting more liberal. 
We've got less, lot to gain and less to lose uh, than the libs have to live with for the next 10 years. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right, <clears throat> we got to uh, we got to jump into this here. Uh, I don't have anything else. We're gonna go uh, be part of our two. Don't forget to like and share this video. Don't forget to like and follow the show page. Don't forget to do all the YouTubey things and the Twitch things and all that stuff. Share this show. Let's get more people involved in the conversation. I need your help. If you like it, share it, please. I'm begging. I'm begging you on my knees. All right. I won't do that. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show, hour two of the big radio broadcast, and we want to say a special thank you to our friends uh, over there at Satellite West. Satellite West sponsoring this hour of the program. Uh, no matter where you are in the state, if you need to be connected, and that means by email or text message or phone call or you just want to surf the internet wherever it is that you are <clears throat> you can do it with the help of the folks over there at satellite west they've got the technical know-how they got the tools and they got the talent for making sure all that stuff happens just go to satellitewest.com and uh, they will get you hooked up uh, with all the information you need to uh to uh, to stay connected anywhere in the state. So thank you so much to Satellite West for being part of the program and helping to sponsor the show today. We're getting ready to jump into it right now. Our two guest is, nope, not that one. Yep, this one right here. Kelly Nash, uh, House candidate for District 31, NashForStateHouse.com. We are catching her right now uh, on the way to taking her uh, children to school. Proven yet again, she's just a citizen legislator wannabe. You know, that's what she She's doing, trying to make life work. She joins us right now on the phone, and we welcome her. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. I am dropping my daughter off at school right now. You're dropping her off right now. All right, good. Right well, now. Right yep. now. Well, we appreciate you coming on board and uh, and uh, and joining us today. Uh, District 31, which used to be District 1 uh, out there in the world, is, of course, currently uh, 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 is a seat currently held by Bart LeBon, which is, that's always been a dicey district because, uh, I mean, the first time around he won by one vote. Don't ever tell me your vote does 
doesn't count because one vote got him into office over Catherine Dodge. Uh, but this has been a very contentious issue. Uh, uh, you know, your opponent has joined up with the uh, with the Democratic minority and created a coalition uh, majority. Then he came back to the party and everything else. But, you know, you are a strong conservative voice in this area. Tell us a little bit about yourself to begin with, who you are, where you are, where you come from. And uh, we'll go on from there. Well, um, I've been in Fairbanks, you know, since I was three years old. Um, well, actually, we start, I don't know, I think we started in Fairbanks, and then we went to Anchorage, and then Fairbanks. But, you know, I attended all elementary, junior high, high school here in town. Uh, grew up on the west side in University West. Um, I've always, uh, you know, I've always stood up for myself, and I've always stood up for other people. It started in elementary school. Um, I didn't realize that this was the path that it was going to take me down. Um, I have, uh, you know, two daughters, a son-in-law, a beautiful granddaughter that's uh, 10 months old now. And uh, I have family spread out all over. And I'm sick and tired of all of the BS. It's like people have forgotten that we have literally had a boot on our neck. And the last two and a half years is what's really ticked me off. We, I don't feel like we've had very many people that are in office that have stood up for us and have had our back. And uh, that's why, that's why I'm running. I'm passionate. I love this country. I love this state. Um, I despise liars. I despise, you know, thieves. I am. Uh, fighting for everyone and the next generation. Right. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about that tipping point because you have not uh, you have not run for office before. Is that correct? No, I have not ever run for office right. before. So, I mean, what yeah. was was it? I mean, was it a single thing, Kelly? Was it like? I mean, was it that aha moment where you threw the remote at the TV and said, "That's it, I've had enough," or was it cumulative? What What made you? You know, what exactly did made you lose your mind and say, "I'm just going to do this"? Uh, because this is a huge commitment, right? To do, do something oh, like absolutely. this. So, what was the? Was there a one thing or a, or a plethora of things? It's a plethora of things. It was a building. It was, you know, everything just being layered on top of each other constantly, constantly, constantly. And then when the pandemic hit or scamdemic hit, whatever you want to call it, that's what literally blew my mind. And when I sat back and I watched what was happening to our little tiny town here in Fairbanks, which we were lucky because of the type of borough that we are. But, I mean, the things that were happening uh, all over our state, our country and you know the world and i was like oh hell no no uh uh no and you know i got to tell you the deeper that i've gotten into you know the political game here in fairbanks alaska wow <laughs> wow that's all i have to say you want to talk corruption you want to talk you want to talk you, you want to talk about lisa murkowski and you want to talk about uh, district 31 let's do it althea st martin who has been a long time republican here in town Apparently, I don't know, 800 years or something. And uh, she's the Lisa Murkowski loyalist. She's also the district chair for 31. And, um, you know, the Republican Party should be censuring people like her as well, because she still supports Lisa Murkowski as a district chair. And, you know, it those the corruption is just, it, it, you know, you got the Jeff Cooks. I mean, 
it's bad. You got you got the Wilkins who are giving money to the left and the right, and it's a complete jackrabbit show. Yeah, no, it is. It is kind of crazy to watch. And again, I've stopped uh, for the most part. I've tried to stop labeling people by party, you know, a liberal or conservative, really more anything else or Democrat or Republican. I'm basically starting to look at people like who is pro government spend and who is pro private sector spend. And that's really how we need to be breaking it down, because otherwise. Uh, it, it, you know, the labels at this point don't really matter. We've got Republicans in there who are just as culpable as many of the Democrats for growing the size and scope of government, if not more culpable at this point. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, and, you know, the, the inside fighting, the, you know, the backstabbing of the same party members and, you know, I mean, uh, the, the game, the game is not for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, it's definitely it is uh, definitely a knockdown, knuckle dragging, uh, all skull and bones kind of stuff. Absolutely, uh, and you know what? I'm ready for it. And before we get to the PFD, I'm full for full PFD back pay. You know, someone <laughs> said that they thought that it came out of the budget. It doesn't come out of the budget. You know, as far as education goes, I think it would be awesome if every single parent stood up and pulled their kids out of school and said no, because we are sick and tired of the indoctrination on our children the librarians that are putting books into the libraries that we don't approve of that are totally something sexualizing our children. You know, the, the fact that there's no CRT, but the language of CRT is allowed, you know, all these committees that uh, are in our schools that, you know, you look at where our kids are as far as reading, writing, math. And um, I'm, it's, it's appalling. And I have a daughter that goes to public school. Yeah. But she has the choice. You know, it's also a good way to know what the heck's going on. You know? Right. It's a but, good way to stay informed for sure. Absolutely. Kelly Nash, is, Kelly Nash is our guest. Kelly, I'm assuming you're out there meeting your constituency. And again, this is kind of a split district. This is a very purple district. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Even with the redistricting, it's it's um, it's it, you know, that, that didn't change that much. Uh, as I said, your opponent won his first term in office by one single vote. So we know that this is very uh, tough. How are you how are you tackling that as a conservative candidate in a purple district? How are you trying to, you know, what are you doing to try and, and reach across to people on the other side? Um, well, I, I think that we've gotten to the point now, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people. I'm I'm also a hairdresser. I've been a hairdresser for 30 years. You know, I've I've never been afraid to talk to anyone. Um, you know, so when I go to the corner store, when I go to the grocery store, when I'm out on the road, you know, I will talk to anyone. And what it comes down to at this point in time is humanity and who has it and who doesn't have it. You know, we are all just right now trying to uh, just just survive, you know, and uh, yes, there are a lot of issues that are far left and far right. But right now, it basically comes down to, you know, are you going to have my back? You know, are you are you going to have my back? And you know, what are your morals, principles, and values that you stand on? And um, uh, people are just, they, they feel like they've been left out in the cold. They feel abandoned. You know, they feel like they don't have a voice and that no one has been listening to them. And I'm going to tell you something else. Right here in my District 31, the city of Fairbanks, um, uh, you want to know who some of my favorite people are? Are the people that I meet that are walking on the corners or the ones that are standing here every Saturday afternoon 
holding up signs looking for their uh, loved ones that have been missing or going to the convenience store and finding out what the new drug is on the street. I mean, I have some really great conversations that, that, that I can guarantee you that Bart has never done. He would not stoop to that level of actually speaking to someone that is actually has main concerns. Uh, Kelly Nash is our guest, uh, GOP candidate for District 31 up in the interior. Kelly, you've gone out and talked to people. What are people concerned about? I mean, you've already mentioned, you, you got ahead of me there and mentioned your your, your support for the PFD and uh, and uh, changing some of the things in the schools. But what, what are the what are your constituents talking to you about when you knock on a door? What are the top couple things that they that they are concerned about in the legislature and in the state of Alaska? Well, there's, um, you know, we had uh, the medical freedom bill, uh, what was it, SB uh, 156. You know, that, uh, you know, there's still people that are being pressured to get the COVID-19 jab. And now that all, you know, uh, Pfizer has had to release their documents, you know, we know what's happening to these poor people that have been forced into it. You know, we still have, you know, boys going into girls' locker rooms. That got voted down. Not, I can't even understand why that would happen. You know, um, they are worried about crime. You know, I mean, the, the drugs, the drugs that are coming into our state, everyone's been watching it. I mean, I just had a crack house on my street. It took me about three months um, to get rid of it uh, with some help from um, Dave Cruz, who wasn't even mayor at the time, but he helped me out. Um, there's, I mean, people are calling me left and right, letting me know in my district where all the crack houses are. You know, and <laughs> I, I'm still trying to understand you know, I mean, I know that the port is open and it's really easy for the drugs to come through that way, you know, but I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous, you know, and then that's the other thing too, you know, we're, we have an election less than 30 days, right? And our gas prices are almost $6 a gallon here in town. And, you know, Scott Kawasaki goes and does a little ad about, I'm going to find out why gas prices are so high. And I'm like, well played, Scott, because we have an election coming up. Because if you actually cared, any one of these people would have done this months, months ago by sending out an email to the AG. You know what? Everyone can send an email to the AG. You don't have to be a legislator or a senator. Anybody can write anybody. And so I just these little political games, it, it just shows you that the lack of concern, I feel like. Uh, you know, the the gas prices thing, it, it just cracks me up. We're going to figure out where these, why these gas prices, I'll tell you why the gas prices are so high, because we refine very little of our own product here in the state of Alaska, because we shut down the North Pole refinery, because there's only one refinery and it's not really feasible. And so they ship it all out to Washington and we're at the, we're at the mercy of the Washington refineries. That's why it happens. And besides the fact that they've nixed any kind of new exploration or new development at the yep. national level, I mean, these are all this is not rocket science. You don't need to impanel a blue ribbon commission to figure out why gas prices are high. Well, um, no, but we also, and then but and we have Australia drilling right now, you know? So it's like, you know, <laughs> we already know that we don't own our state, but how about, you know, we try and get at least some of our state back? This yeah. is ridiculous. There are too many countries that have too many hands in our state taking our resources. And, you know, I'm not sure why that hasn't been stopped. I mean, has. I, you know, I'm, I'm new at this, you know, but I mean, has anyone ever actually said, you know what? No, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. They're ours. They're, they're the people of Alaska. No.
Uh, Kelly Nash is our guest. We're coming up on the commercial break, so we're going to take that and we're going to come back and talk with her here in just a moment. Uh, the Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget to join us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. If you want to be part of the chat room right now, we got about 75, 80 people hanging out with us, talking, chatting, uh, making comments. Feel free to come out there and do that as well. Kelly Nash is our guest. We'll continue with her here in just a moment. Candidate for House District 31 in the interior. Back with more after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like... America used to be streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the commercial break right now. Kelly Nash is our guest, and uh, we'll see what uh, some of the people in the chat room have to say. Hello, hello. Is this thing even on? Yeah, it's on. It's working. It's it's working right here. Susie asked the question. I have a question for Kelly. If you don't make this election, will you run again? So after all this madness, Kelly, uh, have you decided if you got a taste for battle? What 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 say you? Well, you know, I started. Um, uh, I didn't just jump into um, deciding to run for state house. You know, I'm I'm the founder of Interior Patriots here in Fairbanks. And uh, that started, you know, uh, after I was told I was non-essential um, and I was told that I had to shut my business and I was like, oh, oh, no, I am so essential. And so I started rallying people here in Fairbanks. And, uh, you know, my group is the group that ended up getting ranked choice voting kicked out of the borough. They were actually going to try and implement it. And we said, no, we didn't allow it. Um we got masks off kids. We got vaccine passports kicked out of the borough assembly building. Um, you know, we kept some of our local, um, uh, you know, elected officials trying to keep them in line. Um, we attacked the far left on the school board. I mean, we had protests, we, you know, we did get out the vote. We did freedom rides, everything. And if I don't win, I'm not going to stop. I was made for this. Right. You know what I mean? I, I won't stop. Um, and, and one of the, one of the big things why I started interior Patriots, it was for our local elections because we got to start grassroots. We have to start where we live, eat, breathe, raise our kids. Yeah. You know, I've and been advocating for that. Turnout. I've been advocating for that for years. We need to quit paying attention to the national circus, which we have very well, little no, impact on everything. And we no, need to focus on the local. trickles down here yeah. and especially election integrity. And our state is just as corrupt as, you know, Arizona, Georgia. You know, I mean, so and, and that's why people aren't coming out to vote, which uh, it, it saddens me because I know that there was election fraud. I've seen the numbers, you know, every Dominion voting machine needs to be thrown off of a cliff and we need to get back to the basics, you know, um, but we need more people that can override, you know, that can just override the system to, you know, make it so that, you know, we can until we get rid of these machines like Matt Sue did it. You know, the other thing is with some of my canvassing, what I've done is I've actually sent out handwritten, you know, uh, uh, flyers to addresses from the Alaska Division of Elections that they give us. Right. And I've gotten back over 100 that were undeliverable. And the way that I did the canvassing was is I didn't 
I didn't send one to anyone that voted before 2020 or after 2020. And it's amazing that all those so far have been, I've gotten back are undeliverable because the address doesn't exist. So I'm just like, oh, your voter rolls are cleaned up. Okay. Talk to another <laughs> candidate that's running. He's heard and she's gotten back over a hundred as well. You know, so um, this was part of uh, audit the vote for me also, because I'm a member of that, of them when I had Seth Keschel up here and he pointed out some uh, good numbers, but um, yeah, I mean, it's going to take, you know, the monopoly, the, the meme that's the monopoly game with all the people bent over and the, the, the rich old people sitting with the monopoly game on their backs. You know, we need everyone to stand up, every single person to stand up, every single one. And if you're afraid to stand up and be out in the open, it's time to not be. Right. Kel- know, there's too much there's too much at stake. Kelly Nash is our guest, uh candidate for uh, State House District 31. Uh we got a lot of uh, go Kelly go, more sassy gals in our government is what I vote for. Ruben says Kelly is a ground level patriot who cares about our Fairbanks community and walks the talks unapologetically. Big respect. Lots of support here in the chat room. I want to talk about some specifics when we come back, Kelly. So we're going to dive into that here in just a second and uh, we'll get started. uh, We'll get started on that. So uh, stay, stay the line with me here and we'll be right back to you. Kelly Nash, our guest. Folks, uh, I'll implore you again one more time. No matter what platform you're watching it on, YouTube or Facebook or Twitch, share the show. Share the show and uh, invite people. I mean, when you share it, say, get involved. Come on out every morning right here. This is where we do our thing. Uh, This is what we need to do. Get more people involved in the conversation. Show them that there is hope, that they shouldn't just hunker down at home and not pay attention they should be participating. That's what this is about. We got to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based. Welcome back. We're continuing now. Kelly Nash is our guest house candidate for District 31. Nashforstatehouse.com is her website. If you want to go out and see where things are, donate, time, money, all that kind of stuff, uh, that's where you need to go. Kelly, we were talking about some of the things that your constituents are talking about. So I want to talk about some of the solutions. Uh, Crime, obviously a big one for many people. They're facing a lot of crime and things like that. As a legislator, as a state house member, what uh, what what would you what would you be doing? What's your what's your take on how to fix some of the crime problems? Well, um, honestly, I don't think we have anything that's a deterrent. You know, I mean, you get a slap on the hand, you have a little fine, you just go out and do it again. So, you know, I think for you know crimes that include you know sexual, you know, murder murder, whether it's by weapons or drugs, you know, I personally think that we need to bring back, you know, have the death penalty. I'm over it. I would, I would much rather have that as a deterrent. I'm not even kidding. This is absolutely horrific. What is happening in our state? The, uh, uh, you know, of course we're talking about that's for like capital crimes. I mean, but what about for run of the mill crimes? No, let's just, let's just, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought you were going to go full on psycho there for a second. No, I wasn't. Uh, you just never know what to expect. It, but, you it, know, for here, I mean, I mean, there has to be, everyone has to be on the same page. You know, everyone was able to just steal a car if you had the keys to it or if you were able to hotwire. I think that we should actually force people to do, you know, bring back the chain gang, you know, get them out there on the streets, cleaning stuff up. You know, we have to, I, I'm not really sure what to do. I just know that something needs to be done. Right. Um, I know that there's not enough that's being done. Um, I know that I, I sit and know that here in Fairbanks, I know that a lot of it has to do with mental health, you know, cause there's been many times where I've had to call the cops, you know, when someone broke into my house a couple of weeks ago and, you know, they are uh, schizophrenic. And so they just leave them alone to walk the streets, you know, right. and that's really sad. It's, it's really, really sad. You know, obviously mental health is a big, huge deal here, you know, but with the new governor's bill where, you know, you can literally say anyone's crazy and put them away on the fourth floor without due process. But yet we're not actually helping the people out here that that need the help, you know, and then you have the mental health issues that go into, you know, the homelessness and then they're the stealing, but the crack houses. And it's just, you know, it, you know, there has to be a bigger solution and I don't know what it is. I just know that something needs to be done. Uh, Kelly uh, Nash is our guest. Kelly, you talked about the PFD early on. You support a full statutory PFD and you said the back pay. Um, how do you think we get that done in today's legislature? Uh, I mean, you know, based on what you're seeing right now and what has happened well, think, in the last session. Well, I think that um, uh, more people, more people, those people that are going to stand up, you know, from the monopoly game, you know, um, need to hold the legislators accountable and, you know, the governor and not not vote Governor Walker back in. Lord, help us, you know. But, um, you know, I, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if every Alaskan went and filed a police report on the theft of our PFD? I mean, that's a lot of money. Right. I mean, you have small claims that you can go to. It just has to be over five hundred dollars. You know, how else are we going to how else are the people going to hold these legislators that believe that they are untouchable accountable? You know, we can go in and make these laws. Right. And then you get these people that can go in and they change them. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm for con con. Yeah, it's crazy and it's scary. But what other choice do we have at this point? You know, right. I mean, what? We have to try it. We can't just give up. You know, right. we have to try. And we just have to make sure that we get the right people in that aren't going to screw us over. Um, there's been, of course, right now we're saddled with the ranked choice voting system, which is, uh, you know, a ranking system. So are you yes. te- are you telling people that, uh, you know, they should be ranking Kelly Nash number one and then ranking Bart LeBon number two so that we make sure at least that the seat stays red? Or what? what is your what's your message? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying rank me one, rank him two and do not rank the Dem at all. Oh, just the two of you rank the red. You won him too. Uh, do you know? Is he reciprocating at all? Do you know? Um, I do not know. I know that uh, someone came to my house and asked me if uh, that he'd asked if I if I would get a picture taken with him that said "rank the red." And um, I I uh, I don't I don't remember if I answered or not. 
Would you? I mean, now that you've asked the question, would you? I mean, if it's a rank the red, would you say, would you Would you stand with Bart and take a picture and say, yes, I mean, I'm not happy with rank choice, but we got to play the game. If we're going to, if we're going to win, we got to play by the rules that are set down right now. Would you stand up and say rank the red? Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that I would um, stand next to him in a picture, but they could take a picture of him and a picture of me and put it on a flyer that says rank the red. Okay. Well, it's interesting. Uh, but I mean, I think that's the only way we're going to, we're going to make any headway on this. Because this is the thing. This is the thing is that, you know, it, it really kills me that I have to say rank the red because I know that the rank choice voting is, you know, is corrupt as I'll get out. But, you know, he did an interview with Alaska Beacon where he admitted he called himself, which I'd never heard, a conservative Democrat. You know, I'm like, what is that? Like, how do you say that? <laughs> so he's pleading to, you know, he he's he's playing to both sides, you know, and I and I just won't do that. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would have classified Bart LeBon as a blue dog Democrat, which is a, is a more conservative Democrat, um, you know, in the Zell Miller style or something like that. Uh, that's kind of how I would have classified him uh, if I was ranking people as far as, you know, labels and things like that. Um, Kelly, we're, uh, we got about, uh, six minutes or here. So, so I want to, uh, talk a little bit about the budgets. Um, I know that the, you know, the budget is, you know, I, I, I ask all the candidates, you know, is the state budget too big? Is it too small? Is it just right? What, what do you say as far as that goes? And, uh, and how would you fix it wherever you think it is right now? Um, I know that we, I know that it's really big. I know that we have over 8,000 50C13s. I know that we're giving a crap ton of money to, you know, our education system, which obviously isn't working very well. You know, I remember when Dunleavy first came in, when he first won, and he went through and he just started cutting stuff, right? And we were all like, woo! And then he started adding it all back in. And, you know, um, I just, you know... there's a lot of things that, that we could do away with, you know, that we're giving money away to right. uh, like the 50C13s that we don't even know where they're at, you know, who they're to, what, what's, what's happening with it. You know, I really do believe that the education system is getting way, way too much money for the lack of, of turnout that we're getting for, right. you know, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, so what is the solution? I mean, the, the, the education is a huge part. I mean, so, I mean, are we talking about, you know, adjusting the BSA? Are we talking about uh, consolidating school districts, eliminating administrations, getting more money into the classroom? I mean, what, what's your solution? How do you, how do you, how do you go to make all those things happen? I don't know yet. Okay. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. No, nope. it's an honest, it's an honest it's, answer, but I mean, I think that that's, yeah. that's something that people I think need to hear. Well, I think they what? need this to hear how we're going to do when it. You think, when you think of how it all works, it's like a big ball of yarn. You know what I mean? There's so many committees, there's so many aides, there's so many this, there's so many that. I mean, our government is so huge here that for me to even try and understand how, how deep it all goes, because I know that there's deep, dark pockets out there where we've got some money going and we don't know where it's going, how it got there, and who gave it to them. You know, I've talked to Donna quite a bit, and she um, she helped us understand what was happening with, um, you know, with with the budget. And we actually, I actually had to ask her, I'm like, okay, I need you to dumb this down for a minute because, wow, you know. So I'm learning. I'm I'm in the process of learning it all still. 
And uh, I'm not even going to lie about it. Kelly Nash is uh, our guest. Uh, you obviously, we said for the CONCON, for a full constitutional or for a full statutory PFD. I'm assuming that you would support putting the statutory formula into the Constitution. The original, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's definitely uh, I mean, those are all definitely, I think, high points here. Um, again, this is going to be a difficult race simply because, again, of the makeup of the district. Um, what uh, you know, what what are you you know, are you are you reaching out to the other side at all? I know, again, that that makes it hard sometimes because you may not agree on a lot of things. But are you finding any common ground with folks on the other side of the political spectrum? Um, well, yeah, I mean. There's, you'd be surprised at how many people don't, you know, that if they could have changed, you know, the, their, their, their political affiliation from a D to a U or an I, that they would have already done it. You know, um, we all have the same concerns right now. One, obviously, is, yes, the, the PFD. There's a lot of people out there that know that it should have been bigger. They know that it got cut, the energy tax. They know that um, they're sorry, I just got distracted. I'm still driving. <laughs> No problem. No problem. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, <sighs> Reaching across the aisle is what we were talking about. Yeah. And people you know, wanting to change their affiliation. Yeah. No, I, uh, I can tell you all never, I, I will, the binding caucus needs to go. I absolutely can't do that. I mean, there's a lot of people that have called me for, you know, uh, interviews and different places for doing campaign, sur- you know, candidate surveys and, you know, if if you're if you're far left or even, you know, kind of to the left, I just I'm sorry, I, I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing an interview with you. Hmm. Like you know, the NAACP wanted to do do wanted me to do the candidate forum. And I'm sorry, I didn't do it because they're the ones that brought Black Lives Matter up here for their rally. <laughs> I I will say this. I I think that's a mistake, quite honestly, simply because your views need to go out there to people. Uh, That's why we invite. That's why we've had Les Guerra on the program. We've had, you know, we've we've had a lot of these folks on the program that, you know, we philosophically disagree with. I I, when I was running for borough assembly, I went and talked to the NEA. I sat through their interview process. Yeah, I never I knew I was never going to get the endorsement, but maybe somebody would read my responses and go, well, that makes sense a little bit. Maybe I didn't know. You know, I think that that's a mistake. I think we have to engage everybody, whether we agree with them or not, we still have to engage them because you never know. You may say one word or one phrase that turns somebody's mind on in a way that they've never thought about. Maybe you've changed their perspective a little bit. So I think that that's a that's a that's a mistake. But we're we're on the end here uh, of the uh, of the segment, and so I want to give you the last couple minutes here to give us your elevator pitch. Why people should vote for Kelly Nash? Why you know why you're better than your opponent? What you know how they can see you, how they can find you, meet you. And uh, and where do they go to get more information? Um, well, so you can go to nashforstatehouse.com. Um, I've actually been telling people, you know, not to donate to me because I know times are tough. I know times are hard right now. So um, I, I I would I'm I'm asking people to talk about me instead of donate to me. I don't feel like you should have to win an election with a crap ton of money. I mean, my opponent, Maxine, she's raised $56,000. Are you kidding me? And they're not local people either. You know, the money I have gotten has been from Patriots and I love it and I appreciate it. Um, I'm completely transparent. I, uh, I have nothing to hide. If I don't know something, I don't know something. 
I'm willing to learn. I, uh, you know, I really, really care about people. I really, really care about humanity and I care about, care about this next generation. And if we don't try and do something, no matter how afraid you are, then, you know, we, we don't have anything left to fight for. We might as well just lay down. So I may not be the best candidate, but I do stand up for the people and I do stand up for the people, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, you know, I, uh, but I mean, it, when I talk about it, it makes me get a little choked up, right? you know, because we've all been through so much. We have literally been drugged through the mud the last two and a half years and it's still happening. And, um, and our children, right? you know, and, and so I just don't feel uh, many, many, many feel like there wasn't enough people standing up for us, having our back, you know, especially when they were signing the extended um, public health emergency or emergency act and everything else. Right. So, well, we, we got to keep people engaged. I mean, I think that's the thing. And that's yeah. what I'm, I'm encouraged by your candidacy, because, again, keeping people engaged and, and not letting them grow well, you know, weary and well doing, I think, is all very important stuff. Kelly Nash, NashForStateHouse.com, candidate for House District 31 in the interior. Kelly, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on board and be a part of us. I appreciate you uh, being part being uh, being with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, Yep. We appreciate you being on the show as well. Okay, folks, we got to go. Kelly, hold the line for a second. Uh, We got to go. We're going to be jumping back into this uh, here with your phone calls in a minute. Or maybe I'll just talk a little bit more about this whole Kelly Shabaka thing. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel on the other side. Oh, and if you guys decide to call in, uh, I guess that's what we'll do. We'll do both. We'll turn the phones on and then I'll start talking. We're going to be back with more of The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the break. Uh, Kelly Nash is our guest. Uh, one more time here, just a final bite at the apple. Anything we didn't hit on, Kelly, that you wanted to or anything you wanted to mention, this is the opportunity for you to uh, to sound off real quick here. we got a couple, three minutes. Um, well, I just, I just want, I really, really want people to find their voice when it comes to whatever it is that is important to them and... You know, no matter how small or how big that you think it is, you know, you have to constantly just stand up for your stand yourself, stand up for your loved ones, you know, and get involved. If uh, there's there's always a patriot out there looking for another patriot, you know, conservative, a libertarian, you know, there's we're always out here trying to keep building and building so that we can take our state and our country back. You know, it's going to take a while, but, you know, we. We have so many issues that need to be fixed. I mean, we have so much dark money coming into the state. We have so much corruption. It's just so deep. And um, I don't know if there's a curse over Juno and that's where it happens because I highly doubt, you know, I just don't feel like that when someone runs for office that they automatically have, you know, well, now, now I do. I don't know. I guess maybe it's always been this late, ill intentions, you know, but, um, you know, I don't. And I really want to try and do the best that I can for every constituent and no matter what side of the aisle that they're on. And I really want to try and help 
everyone as much as I possibly can. And, you know, I will, you know, I have some great people that I've met over the last two and a half years that are, you know, senators and representatives that I still talk to daily. And I've met some amazing people around here. I actually want to give a shout out to Barb Haney, you know, Barbara Haney, excuse me. You know, she has really, really um, been the one to, you know, help me understand so much of this. And, you know, it's uh, all the people that, that have rallied with me. Uh, I just appreciate every, every single one of them. And I know that they are actually getting out and they're having conversations. And moms that have never been involved and dads that are having conversations with the other moms at book club and this and that, you know, it's, it's all about freedom and humanity right now, you know, yeah. standing on your moral ground, your principles and, you know, priorities just, I mean, we all want the same thing, right? You would think, right. I mean, I know not all of us do, but. Well, it's good to know that uh, whether you win or lose, you're going to stay engaged because I think that's the important thing is staying engaged. And I mean, I, I definitely appreciated what you said with the fact that we've got to get engaged at the local level. I mean, again, I, I, I have advocated that we need to, we need to stop with the distraction in Washington D.C. because it's it is a distraction. We have very yeah. we have very little control over that. What we can control and what will have a trickle up effect is that we can control our local communities. We can be on our our boards and commissions and city councils and borough assemblies and in the state legislature and through doing that and making changes there, we eventually will make a change in Washington. But we got to quit focusing on the circus that is Washington D.C. and focus instead on what's happening in our local communities absolutely absolutely this is yeah. like i said this is where we live yeah absolutely all right yeah. well kelly nash thank you so much for joining us this morning we appreciate you just uh, we appreciate you being here and talking with us i appreciate that all right thank you so much for uh, having me it was fun yep i appreciate it thank you for coming on the program um all right folks let's um let's get things uh let's get things squared away shall we Shall we get things squared away? I think we shall. Let's get the phone lines turned on, I guess, first things first, since we uh, are right here. And uh, I don't want to blast everybody's ears out <clears throat> when we get this uh, get this thing going. Um, uh, Kelly, Kelly Nash, Kelly T uh, for Kelly. Yeah, I see. I knew what you were saying uh, there, Kim. Uh, you can email me if you ever anybody ever wants to email me. Me at MichaelDukeShow.com is the email address. All right, let me join this. I'm going to be quiet for a second. Thanks for calling the call-in right. line of the Michael Duke Show. All right, uh, we got the phone lines up and running, and uh, we're going to uh, take some calls, see what you guys have to say, if you want to say anything. Otherwise, I'm feeling I'm feeling froggy. I'm feeling froggy. We'll get in there and get this uh, get this all done and squared away. So feel free to uh, give us a call at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We are all ready to, we're all ready to go. Phones are open and ready. Let me go back up here. Um, uh, see what else you guys have been talking about here. Um, um, I appreciate your honest perspective, Kelly, says Herder. Who apparently is drinking out of a new uh, coffee mug. Uh, I saw you say something about that yesterday, Herder. I'm sorry I didn't say anything about that. Um, Alaska king crab is $60 a pound now. We need to fix that. I don't know where you found it for $60 a pound. I went to a restaurant here. 
I don't know, a month ago, and I was just asking about the prices on things because I was, you know, curious. $120 for King Crab. $120 a plate for King Crab. Uh, so, woof, yeah. Vote for Kelly because she's a tough lady. I don't see her caving under Juno pressure, says Terry. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. All right. We're continuing now one final segment of the show this morning. I've opened up the phone lines at 907-433-3150. Again, special thanks to this hour's sponsor, Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. If you need to stay connected, those are the folks you need to talk to. SatelliteWest.com. Go over and see them right now. Phone number to call again, 907-433-3150. I got one line on hold, so apparently you guys don't want me to rant on this morning, continue my rant from this morning, which is fine. I'm all okay with that. Let's get your take on uh, the candidates and the topics and the discussions that we've had today. Let's see what you have to say. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Willie Keppel and Quinnahawk. morning, We Will. didn't want to get you too wound up. You did real well this morning with uh, Kelly, if I d- even dare say the word. Yeah, no, I was a you little know? little fired up this morning over that because, I mean, I like, like, like I said, last night I felt like I needed to pull my hair out after about 40 minutes. I was like, okay, this is stupid. Well, this is exactly it. But what's got me fired up out here this morning is I just read it. ADN is like, I'm, I kind of like in the YouTube deal now because I can I can uh, funnel through everything else on my phone where I couldn't with uh, Facebook while I listen to the show. And right. ADN come up this morning with um, a hundred million. We all knew it was going to happen for high speed internet in the bush, which is I'm in the bush. You don't get much further in the bush. And it's nothing but a big bailout for GCI. And if there's anything anybody in the bush hates, it's GCI. Now, the feds just came out with it's going to cost as much as $20 a lineal foot to string these high-speed wires, um, internet cables, you know, through the bush. That's why the huge amounts. Well, it just turns out they've been saying all we're how much is coming out here to the bush? Bryce Edgman's all on board. Lyman Hoffman's all on board. And Dunleavy, for Pete's sake, he's all on board. And I'm going, huh, here's the paybacks, boys. Right now, it's $73 million just announced in here, $73 million bucks going to Bethel Native Corporation, which is in the for-profit portion of, of the Bethel Native Bunch there. Right. Lyman Hoffman is the paid chairman of Bethel Native Corporation. Now, if there has ever been a conflict of friggin' interest, I'm telling you, here we are. So you're, Nothing but corruption. Your assertion is, is that uh, he's going to be in charge of this $100 million, and this was kind of the thank you. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, he's the one that helped funnel this out of the out of the out of the federal stimulus out here to it, and it's going right up here to his corporation. Hundred out of the hundred million, seventy-three million of it is going to Lyman. Um, but the, here's the kicker: we're all sitting here waiting on Starlink. Starlink started up in the lower half of of Hoffman's Senate district, which for those of you who aren't familiar, it, it goes from the Yukon River to the bottom of the Aleutian Islands. It's a longer lineal distance than the entire west coast of the lower 48. That's how far the distance is out here for us. They, they just got Starlink hooked up rocking and rolling. Bethel and all this area up here are scheduled to go rock and roll with Starlink in the first quarter of 2023. Yeah, oh, what do we got to wait, six months to hit March maybe, and we should all be? They're in Adak Island right now. They have Internet that's unbelievable. All the islands all the way up the chain have. It didn't cost the American taxpayers nothing we're 31 trillion dollars in debt and going further in debt by one trillion every three months yet lyman and his bunch think it's such a wonderful deal to build back better by funneling 73 million to a to a company that should be as extinct as a dinosaur, which is gci and all their high-speed wire wire internet it's going to take they're saying as much as six years to get these villages hooked up out right. here I know. when Starlink's going to be in for I, 500 bucks a house. That's I know. where the money should have gone. This is where Dunleavy bought into this crap. I'm I'm ranking Dunleavy, but he's going to be number two behind Charlie Pierce, guaranteed. Yeah. And I'm not ranking the others. Well, I... But, this is so disappointing. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Willie. I mean, again, I'm a Starlink early adopter. I'm a I'm I I signed up and and I'm on the list for to get one of the first Starlink setups here in the Matsu uh, because I believe that that is the future. I believe that that's the way that it's going to be high speed. You don't have to string wires. You don't have to do any of that stuff. And we're talking about this is high speed stuff. This is one gig satellite internet. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we need to be looking at. And as you said, it'll be turned on next year. Why would we wait six years and spend hundreds of millions of public taxpayer dollars when there is a private solution already available? It, it blows my mind. And again, it's a boondoggle. That's exactly what it is. Willie, thank you for your call. I'm sorry I got to go on here. I got another call. Let's uh, go over to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Rita from Fairbanks. Hello, Rita. What's on your mind? Um- well, you know, I've been hearing all these negative ags that Murkowski's doing, and it really makes me sick that she's so vicious. And, you know, she gets 176000 a year, so what is she whining about, you know, because she's cost the state more than that. But anyway, I'm, not, I'm just wondering why Kelly hasn't had any ads out. What, right. What's going on with that? Well, I mean, first, let me say this. First of all, it's interesting that you say that these are Lisa's ads because they're not. They're from the Senate Leadership Fund, which is a PAC uh, run by Mitch McConnell. But I find it interesting that you ascribe those ads to her because I think that's what a lot of Alaskans are thinking, that these are her ads. 
And I think that that's going to be detrimental to her in the long run. Second of all, where is Kelly? This is the question that I'm asking. Why isn't Kelly Chewbacca putting out ads uh, that, you know, maybe either counteract some of this or just go on the issues themselves? I don't understand why they're not spending, you know, now, of course, they don't have the war chest that either that either uh, Lisa or uh, the Senate Leadership Fund have. Uh, the SLF is spending something like upwards of six million dollars um, uh, on on the on the race, and I know Lisa's got a war chest that's four or five million dollars deep. So I know they don't have the same amount of money, but man, we're down to four weeks. You best start blitzing the airwaves and doing it right now. I, yeah, I just don't understand why she's just laid back and this, she doesn't want the job or what, you know. Well, no, I think she so was. Anyway, she was I, I sure appreciate your show. Well, I appreciate so it. She was on the program on Monday, and she came in and talked about it. She talked about the negative ads. If you missed the show, uh, you, Rita, you can go back and listen to it on the podcast or go watch it on Facebook. But, I mean, I think she wants to be there. Um, I think she just needs, you know, I think she needs to be inundating some things right now. I mean, I'm seeing a ton of Lisa as it, I talked to somebody in the campaign here a couple of weeks ago and they said, well, we're really focusing on some digital. And I'm like, that's great. I haven't seen a single one of your ads on digital. All I see is Lisa Murkowski and Mary Peltola ads. All I see is Senate leadership fund ads and Lisa Murkowski and Mary Peltola. You're obviously not buying very well. So, I mean, somebody needs to get, you know, they need to get back into the, into it. And you're right. I agree. She needs to get that word out there. So uh, anyway, Rita, thank you for calling in folks. That actually takes us right up to the end of the show today. I uh, appreciate you coming in and uh, being part of it tomorrow. John Cunningham's going to be joining us. Hopefully, fingers crossed, David Nelson as well. If not, we'll have a full hour to talk about some of these other things. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Friday is, of course, Firearms Friday. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, will be joining us. Willie Waffle and hopefully someone from the Second Amendment Foundation. So that's what we're working on for next week, this week, this Friday, day after tomorrow. My Lord. All right. Thanks, folks. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. That's what we need to do. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, <clears throat> you uh, internet people, you internet people, beard speak, you internet people, thank you for coming on board and, uh, and being part of the show as always. Here's my beg to you, I beg you, share the show. Tell people, listen in every morning. Tell them to tune in on their radios or come in on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Share the show and like and follow the show page on Facebook. Subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. I mean, we got had 75 people in here. We've only got 42 likes on the show right now. Somebody's not doing their job, and I know it ain't me because I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, my friends. Be kind, love one another, and live well. We'll see you tomorrow.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 